I play a variety of music in the beginning of each of each show. And, you know, there's some people that might not be into jazz or might not be into uh, Afrocentric music or might not be in, in the gospel. But quite frankly, my concern is I'm not really I'm, I'm concerned about what you're into, but I'm but my goal is just to kind of spread the variety of what the musical uh, expression and heartfelt expressions are throughout the world. Uh, this month, October, we, you know, we talk about what formerly was Columbus Day, but there's so much indigenous music now uh, available and just af- and resurrecting itself. So uh, if you were offended by that song or if you like that song, that that's that that's your decision. But I, I, I like that song and I and I think uh, my guests kind of like that song as well, at least in terms of the words and and what it, what it conveyed. Uh, really have a pleasure this morning, uh, Friday, October 6th. Um, 2023 and i was just talking to before we went on air uh with pastor brooks who's who's our guest pastor harold brooks of the, the beulah heights church about really to, it's tomorrow in it's tomorrow in australia and so what does that mean in terms of time and is it is it an invention uh is it a man-made thing and is there some kind of time that we should be thinking about from the phrase of kind of eternal time or, or resurrecting time or, or personal time so uh, churches, regardless of your your your, your position vis-a-vis the, the church institution and religion, it, it's a it's been in, in, in our vernacular in every language on the planet. God uh, God symbol a word in that regard about spiritual uplift. It, it's just just been part of our language, uh, pa- Pastor Pastor Brooks. Uh, whatever language you speak, and that that should say something uh, about its if nothing else about it. It's it's, it's durability. Absolutely, you know people try we try to run from that and, and invent new languages but nonetheless it, it remains but today we're going to talk about the history of beulah heights church a hundred years a hundred years in 1923 uh and and pastor brooks harold brooks is kind of carrying that mantle now and uh, i'm going to provide him the, with the opportunity to talk a little bit about really what the, the church mission has been over the years. We have 50 or so minutes. They have a number of events coming up. Um, P- Pastor Brooks, we uh, broadcast, it's fortunately through this station, through the internet, it, it's really worldwide. So people may not know where, where you're located. Uh, they may not even know where New Haven is located, but it doesn't matter because the, your, your, your mission is a, is, a, is a location globally. So uh, uh, we have people that, people that listen to us from, from throughout the world. Uh, so, so you know, without further ado, uh, you're uh, started in 1923, and we have you today to talk about the vision, even moving forward for the next, the, the next hundred years. So, kind of let, let, let's start in and fill in the gaps between 1923 and, right. 20, and 2023. Well, first of all, thank you for having us uh, on your program. I appreciate that. Uh, and for those that are listening on this, may not know where we are. We're located in the city of New Haven, Connecticut. Um, and so the church started in 1923. Mm. Um, mm. The former uh, pastors, uh, original founders of the church were Methodist ministers, uh, Walter Andrews and his wife, Rosa Andrews, who was a teacher. She, uh, they migrated from uh, Virginia to here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... Um, they were in the Methodist church as Methodist ministers. And uh, as um, the listeners or you may be familiar with, in 1906, there was a revival on Azusa Street in Los Angeles. Uh, 
mm-hmm. that was probably uh, prominently uh, started by a black man by the name of William Seymour. Mm-hmm. And um, that Pentecostal revival uh, really took root on Azusa Street and began to spread throughout the country. And uh, Connecticut is no stranger to that. Um, mm-hmm. That Those Pentecostals revivals hit our shores uh, or our state in 1920, mm. uh, 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, history has it that um, Mother Andrews, as she's reverently called here, uh, she was an elder in the church, uh, but she was also referred to as the mother of the church. And uh, she came into the Pentecostal ex- experience first and baptized her husband in their tub at their home. And uh, he later joined in uh, with her. Mm. And about 1921, uh, around that era, and then 23, they started the church back on Broad Street in the summer mm-hmm. of uh, 1923. And the church has been around ever since. Um, you've seen many days. Uh, of course, I wasn't around back in those days, but uh, uh, I, I showed up in the 60s, uh, you know, by birth of my parents conceived me. And then I've been a part of the church ever since. Um, and so the church has come through many uh, years of turmoil, uh, but we've endured, we've weathered the storm. Um, and it's no small feat, I would think, within uh, the African-American tradition uh, for churches to survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking mm-hmm. about, you know, the times. Uh, we've come through many times. Uh, interesting enough, uh, the church has weathered um, through the turbulent times of the 40s, uh, World War, uh, mm-hmm. World War II, um, and even throughout uh, segregation, Jim Crow laws. And while mm-hmm. the North uh, pretty much did not have necessarily um, signs where, you know, you know, colored only or white only, mm-hmm. uh, certainly um, Connecticut, New Haven dealt with its share of uh, discrimination and segregation. Uh, but interesting enough, uh, the church did uh, have people of different cultures and different backgrounds. Uh, who belonged to the church. And so the church did weather through um, those turbulent times of the 50s and the 60s. Um, and so, and then I think it was the, the faith of, of, of those individuals uh, that really helped forge the church forward right. during those, those dark times. Uh, That's right. And so um, we've had, uh, again, we, we've which is a small, not a small feat, uh, but they were able to purchase property. Yes. Um, and we were located at 125 Gulf Street in the late 20s, early 30s. And again, that was purchased property. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the church purchased additional property on 1214 Admiral Street, and they moved there in 36, 1936, and mm-hmm. remained at that property uh until 1965 Mm -hmm. we're currently at a new location and the church again purchased property at 782 orchard street Um, and we've been at this uh location 
since 1965. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's more than 50 years in, in one location. Um, and so the church has gone through several renovations and, and changes, um, but yet we remain. Uh, and so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that the, the church is still here. Um, so um, we do have a few of the members that have been around, like one of the members, uh, Mary, uh, her mother's name was Mary Rogers, but her name is Rosemary Hoke. Uh, mm-hmm. She is one of the original mm. uh, members of the church. She's 98 years old. Mm. Mm, uh, and so mm. she's here uh, with us. Um, and uh, her mother was one of the first women preachers in our church. Mm. Again, back in the 20s, mm. I mean, um, didn't have a prominent role uh, per se in the church. Um, but Mother Andrews is being a minister um, herself uh, was the first. And then Mary Rogers, uh, her mother, um, became one of the licensed evangelists in the church and really moved uh, the women uh, yes, yes. in the church, yes. uh, especially in a time when women didn't have the right to speak up and speak mm-hmm. for themselves. Uh, but yet um, these two women were pioneers in that regard where they carried the message of Christianity uh, to the larger community. And so... Um, it's been a very interesting uh, journey. Uh, so today, we the, the church, as you know, is comprised mostly of women. Uh, there are men in the church, but uh, women seem to hold uh, the church together. Mm. Uh, mm. Uh, just that communal uh, support of women. And so I think it's important to celebrate women and That's to right. uh, push uh, women Um I think all of us have a place in 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 the church and in the community, um, but I think it's important for me to make mention of at a time where women didn't have a voice to speak that, yes. the church, especially within the Pentecostal church, uh, pushed and celebrated women. Um, so, and and your father uh, uh, was it like 1987 or so that he he ascended. Uh... Yes, so the 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 first uh, pastor succumbed in thirty five, and there was a gentleman. And I just want to give you a little back sure, history no, before excellent. my father came in. All right, um, excellent. In nineteen thirty six, uh, Lambert Talbert, who uh, was the second pastor, um, who took over the church. Uh, of course, Mother Andrews held the church at the time. When her husband passed, and I think he died in 1933, she held the church from 33 until 35, mm-hmm. uh, 36, when um, Elder Lambert Talbert from West Virginia came, and okay. he assumed the pastorate, and he remained uh, here as the pastor until 1948. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandfather, who was pastoring a church called Star Bethlehem in Ansonia, Connecticut, uh, came uh, mm. and was running meetings and supporting the work of the church mm-hmm. from 48 to 50 and finally was elected pastor in 1950. And mm. he remained here uh, as the pastor until 1986 or 85. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So that was 30 plus years that my grandfather served as the lead pastor. Mm. My dad uh, became pastor once uh, my grandfather's health began to uh, decline. He, he became uh, the lead pastor in 86, uh, took over officially in 87. Mm -hmm. um, and he pastored uh, the church until 2021. Mm. And um, and now I am the third generation of <laughs> remarkable to Re <laughs> pastor. Remarkable, remarkable, remarkable. Remarkable. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Remarkable. And so, and, 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 go ahead, please. No, I, I was just going to say that, that uh, so my, my grandfather, uh, George Brooks, was the pastor responsible for bringing the church to where we are here at 782 Orchard Street. Um, and he built the, the edifice here, had the church built. Uh, and interesting, they marched in the spring of 1965, they marched from Admiral Street uh, to Orchard Street. Mm. And so mm. it's within the Dixwell community, the Dixwell mm -hmm. church. So the mm -hmm. church has always remained in this Dixwell New Haven uh, community. Uh, once we were on uh, Broad Street, moved to uh, Webster and Golf, mm -hmm. and finally to Admiral, and then Admiral, which is just a few blocks from uh, Orchard Street, mm -hmm. they marched from Admiral Street to Orchard Street in 1965. When my dad came along, he, 19, no, 2000, about 2000, they, we renov uh, renovated the sanctuary and added mm -hmm. additional seating to the sanctuary. Mm. Um, and so, um, and in the 90s, he built an uh, educational wing Yes. Uh, we've used uh, for community events. Uh, we've housed uh, several of the New Haven public schools in mm -hmm. our building while their schools were uh, being either remodeled or transitioning to other buildings. Mm -hmm. uh, we've used it for other community events and for a Christian education uh, program for the church. Yes. Um, so there's been a lot of different uses that the, the building's been utilized uh, for. Uh, currently, um, under my tenement, what we're doing is uh, we've partnered with Yale, the Black Church, where we utilize a facility uh, to um, help those who are struggling with uh, addictions, mm -hmm. uh, uh, substance uh, abuse um, addictions. Mm -hmm. And so without um, judgment, without, you know, uh, finger pointing and kind of like uh, working with that program to just provide space so individuals can come in and, and, and seek counsel, help uh, with addiction uh, right. from a faith-based perspective. Yes. So, yes. Um, so the, 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 the program, the church itself has, has evolved and and move forward um since 1923 <laughs> uh, but uh we've as they say come a long way baby and, and still serve and still serving the people i believe it's you have the correct me if i'm wrong that the soup kitchen or the and clothes clothes closet yeah so we the church had um prior to the pandemic we had what we called uh morning manna and so we did uh, an outreach program uh, where we serviced uh, folks who were in need of food, 
um, who were in need of uh, clothing. And also we did prison reentry uh, mm-hmm. type programs mm. uh, for folks. And, and um, so that was very successful. Um, and uh, we had a few folks who uh, were transitioning and mm-hmm. went through that program and who are part of the church now. Uh, others have uh, rebirthed their lives as we were talking earlier and went through a change and have gone to other churches and uh, or just made their lives better than what they were uh, because of the program. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so the program is, in, in our view, was very successful. Um, but when the pandemic happened, you know, we had to yeah. shut that down. And so yeah. uh, since the pandemic, we have gone back to um, slowly trying to rebirth that entire process yes. and that entire ministry uh, where we have what, right now what we call a helping hands ministry. Mm. Uh, and so that helping hands ministry is is really dealing with a lot of food insecurities within the New Haven or I would even say the greater New Haven area. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we actually have a pantry that we operate uh, on uh, the second and the fourth Tuesday of the month. Um, And so uh, we've actually, this is far reaching. We've been servicing uh, people from the Russian speaking community, Mm -hmm. uh, Spanish speaking, um, uh, African-American, European, uh, white or Caucasian. And so a number of different folks are coming in um, because it doesn't matter who you are, what spectrum uh, or even what economic stratosphere you find yourself in. People are struggling uh, just to make ends meet and just to put food on the table. And so uh, this has been a very uh, worthy while a program that we're uh, been blessed to to share with our community and so we serve this from anywhere from 130 to 150 um families mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. second and the fourth tuesday of the yes, month yes yes uh, so yes. It, it's it's really um you know speaks volumes to what people are, are going through in addition to that uh we also uh started a program where we tried to help folks uh, with uh, utility and uh, concerns. Uh, So, for Mm -hmm. example, Mm -hmm. if um, anyone has um, uh, problems paying their utility bills and where the lights are going to be shut off or gas is going to be shut off, and uh, especially during the winter months where you're going to need heating and uh, things of that nature, uh, we try to assist uh, paying or assist with uh, catching them up on their uh, utility bills uh, so that they would have to call the church uh, with that uh, program at 203-745-3485, I believe the number is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, um, or they can call the church office and we would get them the exact number, uh, which is 203-787-3393. Just want to throw that yes. out before I Absolutely. forget. Thank you. Uh, and so... Um, they can call the church and get, um, you know, applications to to see about getting that assistance. Uh, and and again, it, it it really doesn't matter the um, the background or who 
comes and utilizes services. You don't have to be members of the church uh, by mm -hmm. any stretch means of uh, the imagination, uh, but we're just trying to be a help to the community. And so mm -hmm. one of the things that I, I'm sharing with the congregation is that as people of faith, we are to connect with Christ, church, and then the community. Mm. So as I connect my faith to Christ, uh, becoming the person that uh, scriptures teach that we should be um, uh, formulating my life and following the principles and the teachings of Christianity, uh, then I'm to connect to a body of believers. And as mm -hmm. I connect, first of all, my faith in Christ and then connect to a group of believers in terms of community, uh, caring for one another uh, and supporting one another, uh, then that should really transcend to the larger community and move in with uh, folks who are a part of our community. Yes. My, yes. my mantra is, you know, strong families build strong churches. Mm. Strong churches build strong communities. Uh, and, and and I know the church has um, taking a lashing, if you will, um, for a variety of different reasons, which could be a whole nother show and talk uh, <laughs> uh, and debated. Um, but the churches, especially within the African-American community, has always been the bedrock of our community. It's always mm -hmm. been the source and the place where people can go to get inspiration, to get comfort, uh, to get um, community uh, involvement, mm -hmm. uh, to get community support. Um, so I, I think it's important for uh, people of all ethnic backgrounds and races to understand that the 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 purpose of of church uh, is is yes, it's a place of gathering. It's a place of worship. It's a place uh, to come and commune uh, as a community mm -hmm. uh, to serve. Um, you know uh, what we believe to be our God, um, but it's also a place where we are now to go back into the community in which we live and support that community. That's right. Uh, to build that community, uh, I think people who are connected to uh, Christ and to a church um, are very valuable and upstanding persons in the community, or at least we should be. Uh, you know, uh, we shouldn't be those, those cops. We should be those ones who are in the community caring for our neighbors. Uh, we should be the one looking out for, you know, the kids in the neighborhood. You know, back in the day, uh, and I'm sure you can appreciate this, uh, I grew up where uh, we were in the neighborhood, and if you were acting up, your parents didn't have to be home, uh, but they knew who you were, and they said, you know, I'm going to tell your mother, and you can rest assured when you were sitting at the house at four or five o'clock, and the phone rang, it was Miss Johnson or Miss uh, so-and-so on the phone saying, I saw your son, and your son was doing X, Y, and Z. Uh, and you can get corrected by the neighbor. You can get corrected by, you know, someone across town. And then once your parents found out, you got corrected again. Um, and so that community uh, element is really yes. missing within yes. our community structure. And, and I, I think having a place where people can come and, get, and, and congregate, gather and learn and introduce and meet people and become a part of that structure and part of that life system um, 
And it doesn't matter where you are. You can be yes. downtown, so to mm-hmm. speak, and mm-hmm. run into one of the members of the church. And, you know, and, and sometimes, well, at least we did when we were growing up, uh, if we saw sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so uh, downtown and we were out in the mall and we were misbehaving, as soon as we saw them, that would bring in a little uh, structure, a little correction, because you didn't want to work it back to your parents. Uh, you know, that's when parents had a little more leadway and a little more say in, in, in children's lives. Yes, um, yes. But certainly that 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 element of community um, needs to be brought back. And so I think strong families build strong churches and strong churches build strong communities. And so that strong community then pours back into that strong church and yes. that strong church then turns back and pours into that family, uh, mm-hmm. which becomes strengthened and stronger. And the cycle just keeps repeating itself. We have the pleasure of chatting with uh, Pastor Harold Brooks, and he's assumed the role of senior pastor at Beulah Heights First Pentecostal Church uh, in 2022. And Pastor, when you're talking about just the this, the, the man, not just talking the, the the social gospel, but walking it and building it. And share, share a little bit about the uh, the Beulah Land development as well, because at such a wherever anyone is listening to to this to this uh, this show, they may not ever visit New Haven, but you have occupied in a very such a positive, energetic way in terms of a structure. But you've also spread the wealth and you, and you spread the love and you built. You, you've showed love by your actions in, in, in the manifestation of a, the Beulah Land Development Corporation. I mean, this is incredible. Yes. So the the, the Beulah Land, uh, that was a vision of my dad uh, back in uh, the early 90s, uh, maybe even preceding that, uh, where he had this vision of, of people uh who didn't necessarily make a lot of money, but people, um, they build wealth and building Mm -hmm. wealth is through home ownership. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes I think it also uh, not only builds wealth, but it also builds dignity. It builds character and resilience. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, I I think people need to feel uh, valued and sense that uh, they do belong. And so I think having a community or a place that you can call your own uh, brings about that sense of community, brings about that sense of, of, of development, of, of character. And so he had this vision that people should be able to uh, own uh, mm-hmm. and to help people realize the American dream. Um, And so um, I think home ownership also brings an element of, you know, better quality of life, Uh, something to call your own. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, after all, people work hard and they work long hours uh, and they have nothing to show for it. Uh, But here, um, their desire was for uh, to build uh, homes. So folks can actually get into um, homes that they could afford. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, I I can recall uh, back in the 80s and 90s, we used to come to the area in New Haven, um, Orchard Street, and it was gang ridden, uh, drug infested, uh, and bullets used to Mm -hmm. fly. Sometimes during the day, in fact, um, uh, 
your your listeners can just research just on on Orchard Street where a grandmother um, ended up getting paralyzed and her grandchild ended up being killed mm-hmm. because of bullets uh, yes. flying through the window, killed the child and paralyzed uh, the, the, the grandmother who was just watching her grandchild. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he felt that one, folks in our community deserved better and felt that people should be able to live comfortably and without fear. And so he went on a campaign uh, yes. trying to revitalize the area um, in this community. And so they're in the process uh, where they developed uh, homes uh, through Beulah Land Development Corporation, um, received grants and awards and different uh, needs to build and then utilize that to pour back into the community to have people mm-hmm. purchase homes uh not with three arms and two legs and uh and maybe a head uh because the, the pricing of homes today is like they're astronomical yeah. Yeah. Um, but they were able to do affordable home, affordable yes, affordable absolutely. housing mm-hmm. um and for people um who were working and paying you know Twelve hundred or a thousand dollars in rent, uh, and they're actually paying less uh, to own their own mm-hmm. property, uh, mm-hmm. which is 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 really remarkable uh, given today's uh, society that we're living in. Uh, and so, for the last twenty plus years, they have actually been developing. This was again uh, the vision of my father, uh, Theodore Brooks. Uh, with his brother, who is now transitioned, uh, passed away. Uh, but Walter S. Brooks, who was um, uh, represented for the 95th District mm-hmm, Haven, mm-hmm. Uh, served mm-hmm. in the state legislature. And uh, so he was very instrumental uh, in helping uh, my dad accomplish that vision uh, and, and that plan. And so, and today um, they're building a, I want to say a 69 uh um, apartments, uh, a building right across the street from the church, uh, affordable housing uh, for affordable uh, renting uh, capabilities and uh, and using uh, natural products um, to do to actually yeah, yeah. build the building. Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know. I was at the, out of it, but I was I was at the press conference, and again, this building that that's affordable housing is super affordable. But again, the sustainability and and the wood that they're going to use, and it's not wood that's flammable; it's wood that's even maybe better than concrete. It's just it's going to in terms of sustainability and and, and green earth and and uh, all those good good things about preserving the the, the Lord's the Lord's pasture. That is such such a testimony to what to what you're doing. Uh, uh, Pastor, talk talk to us a little bit about the. I mean, the the historical narrative is so important for people to hear, and I hope people have heard about you mentioned the word purchase, and even the purchase anything back in the twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, in terms of banking discrimination, et cetera. Uh, we do we do we can rub our nickels together and our dimes together, but but talk about about the future because you have some ac- activities taking place uh, lovingly this year, this month in terms of your hundredth celebration. Share with folks a way that they can kind of come in and, and support and, and help you celebrate because this is not just a celebration and go home, but you're, you're, you're planning some of the next seeds for the next hundred years. So uh, bringing in some guests and a dinner, et cetera. 
Absolutely. So we, we are uh, actually, we, we are celebrating, uh, we've been celebrating all year, uh, again, because this is no small feat. So we've been having the traditional uh, services, uh, Pentecost services all month. And so we're uh, climaxing uh, this month in mm-hmm. October. Okay. And so what we've actually done is we've tried to go back and invite ministers uh, who were once a part of the church and mm. invite them back in to minister to mm. the church. Uh, and so we're, we're really excited. Um, we have uh, one of the ministers in uh, New Britain, Connecticut, by the name of uh, Dale Shaw, who is mm-hmm. one of the suffragan bishops within a jurisdictional bishop, if you will, uh, in Connecticut. Uh, who grew up here at Beulah Heights Church, mm. and his father was the head deacon mm. uh, in this church. Uh, mm. His grandmother served in this church from the 40s. Mm. Uh, and so his family, the Shaw family, was a part of this church since the 40s. And so, uh, again, a lot of them have transitioned, but uh, he is coming back uh, on Good. October 22nd mm-hmm. uh, for afternoon service. And then that week, uh, starting Wednesday, the 25th, um, we're having um, Legacy Night where we're going Mm. to celebrate uh, the founders. Uh, So we're probably going to call that Founders Day. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so um, Elder Walter Andrews and his wife, Rosby Andrews, started uh, Beulah Heights. And so they do have a living grandson he's the only one left oh man he's in his 80s and Mm -hmm. we got to meet with him and interview him uh harold weeks uh he's a deacon at uh church in new haven Uh and um and so and the great great granddaughter uh evangelist tanya uh smith i believe her name is or long um uh, yeah, yes, yes, Tony Smith Long. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, yes. She's, so you, mm-hmm. Yes, so she mm-hmm. is um, the great granddaughter of Walter and Rosa B. Andrews, and oh, so we're going one. to be celebrating uh, the Andrews that night mm-hmm. on Wednesday, um, and so uh, also the very next night, Thursday, um, the twenty sixth. Uh, the second pastor's granddaughter mm. uh, from California, Vanessa mm. uh, Usri, is also a jurisdictional bishop, mm-hmm. uh, will be with us that night, uh, and we're going to celebrate his family. So we're calling that family night. And oh, so man. the Talberts were one of the families that were uh, very prominent in the church. Mm-hmm. Another family, uh, which is very prominent in the church, is the Olivers. Uh, mm-hmm. which um, left and started Ebenezer Chapel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to be celebrating that family. We're going to be celebrating the Wilson and the Washington family, uh, which were the original pioneers of the church, mm-hmm. along with mm-hmm. Mary Rogers' family, which is Mother Hoke, uh, yes, yes. her family. Yes. Um, so we're going to be celebrating family night. So if people um, were asking the members to invite all of their families that yes. Thursday night. Yes. Uh, so if you were a former member of the church or your family was, we're inviting those folks to come back and join us uh, for those services on mm-hmm. that night. And then Friday, um, Friday night, October 27th, um, 
we're, we were the first Pentecostal church in the city of New Haven. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know there are a lot of Pentecostal churches, uh, uh, or even uh, non-denominational, but have a Pentecostal flair. Mm -hmm. uh, Beulah Heights was the first. Yes. And we were there when it was not uh, popular, so to speak, to be Pentecostal. Indeed, uh, indeed. Most let's, folks just, thought, let, let, let's just linger on that for a second, uh, Pastor, because our, sure. our audience, I, I'd like to just bring, you, you mentioned the legacy and the history, and I'd like to bring the people's attention that may not have never even stepped into the church, that there's always politics in any institution. And the Pentecostal church was demeaned, ostracized, condemned, criticized by many of the institutional black churches of that time. And uh, we, and, and I, I don't believe in washing our laundry in public, but sometimes you just got to tell the, tell the truth. And, right, and, and, right. and you guys have been uh, pioneers and, and have proven your worth, not you needed to prove your worth. So in spite of politics and in spite of uh, naysayers and in spite of opposition, You've continued to rise through the challenge and, and fulfill your mission. And that, that message, I want people to really understand. That's why this 100th celebration is so critical and important to me. Absolutely. Uh, and thank you for bringing that up. You, you're right. There, there was a time where uh, Pentecostals were ostracized, not only because of their form of worship, uh, very um, ecstatic uh, worship, uh, spontaneous uh, type worship um, uh, and emotion. Uh, we were seen to be a very emotional people. Uh, we were seen to be people who were crazed. And some have even um, said that this is demonic worship um, um, or influenced by uh, satanic worship. Uh, so the Pentecostal church has really weathered some storms. Uh, uh, people... Um, uh, the, the, in the Pentecostal church is like, you know, it's like it was restrictive, you know, uh, we, yes. we didn't do a lot of dancing and we didn't do a lot of socializing outside of the church um, because the, a lot of what the church taught uh, and to some degree still do teach that uh, there should be a separation between worldliness or, or secularism and move more inclined towards spiritual and 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 live your life uh from the dictates of scripture and so that in itself was something that was taboo and just uh, from my own personal story um i remember we were children young children and we were visiting family in uh north carolina and uh a lot of my older cousins and uh, even some of the cousins that were our age bracket were going to what they would call the juke joint down mm -hmm. south and yeah. where they played music. They had yeah. uh, pool tables and they had uh, on the other side where they could purchase alcohol and, uh, and then another side where they could play uh, the arcade games. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, um, my mother was very, very suspicious because it was the juke joint. She's like, mm, I don't know. And she said, well, let me call back to Connecticut and, and talk to your father. And so she asked my dad if we could go. And he's like, what is it? What's there? He said, no, nah, I don't think they should go. <laughs> and so all of my cousins <laughs> went. And uh, at that time, only my mother and one other sister was in the Pentecostal church. Mm. And that sister didn't have any children. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So we were there for a family gathering, and all of the cousins went down to the juke. <laughs> we had to sit in the house with all the old folks because it was at night. We could not go down to the juke joint. Um, and so a, a lot of that has been portrayed onto the Pentecostal church. And so um, not only was our worship and the speaking in tongues and, and the shouting and the dancing and the outburst in church, not only was that something that was considered taboo and strange, uh, but the way we lived mm-hmm. was strange. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and, and how we associate or did not associate mm-hmm. uh, was strange to people. And so it was ridiculed. It, it, it was denounced. And yes. so, um, but interesting enough, uh, Beulah Heights never fell under a membership of a hundred people, yeah. even back in those days. Mm-hmm. And the church just flourished and to the yes. point where on Admiral Street, they had to get, they bought, it was a storefront. So all of it was storefront. Uh, 125 Golf Street was a storefront, but Admiral Street was a storefront church as well. However, they took two properties, combined them. Mm. So it was a spacious space where they mm-hmm. can get over a hundred people mm. uh, more inside that little church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the worship was spontaneous. It was shout. Um, there was an evangelist uh, who was a member of the Baptist church in the city. And she was invited to come to the church on Admiral Street. And she went and she was like, oh, I'm not coming back to this church because it was just too emotional. And they were jumping and, and shouting. And she came from one of the revered Baptist churches in the city. And, well, they didn't do that. And um, But her and her husband, they kept coming back. And eventually she joined the Pentecostal <laughs> church and became a, a very stoic uh, a member of the church until her passing and um she was 99 mm. when she made her transition mm. Uh, mm. to the other side but mm. uh she remained here um for more than 50 plus years yes, yes. member but she said i will never join that that group right. because they're just too uncouth uh and she was one that was very proper and had uh, she came from cincinnati ohio her name was vivian watson Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. if anyone knows Vivian Watson, especially in the community, knew that she was a very uh, proper woman. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. they're coming to the Pentecostal church where people would speak in tongues and people would fall out and uh, what have you. That was very uncomfortable yeah. and very strange. Uh, but something yes. happened to her yeah. personally where she just became a mm-hmm. part of the church yes. and um, and so, and remained here uh, faithfully um, until uh, she succumbed herself and passed away. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I, I would agree with you that the, the, the Pentecostal church has always, um, you know, today it's very popular to be Pentecostal. Uh, mm. I think, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what church you go to, people are speaking in tongues. It doesn't matter what church you go to, uh, people are having the praise breaks. Yes. Uh, and, that's and right, that's right. Um, <laughs> that's right. doesn't matter where you go, um, 
Good you had the electric guitar, you had the, the bass, you had the drums, and that stuff was only done in the Pentecostal church, the tamarines. That's right. Uh, good point. Very good so, point. Um, Very good point. But now point. many churches yeah. are doing, in fact, uh, some of your listeners may know this just from, you know, knowing Father Stallings in Washington, D.C., who was a Catholic, uh, had what he yeah, called. George Stallings, yes, yes. Yes, he had a gospel service. Mm-hmm. where he his homily was more in line with the traditional Pentecostal preaching, yes. uh, the, the dancing, the shouting, the praise break, the speaking in tongues. Uh, but he had his regular Roman Catholic mass, and then he would have his gospel mass uh, where, mm-hmm. you know, so Pentecost has really uh, changed uh, Christianity, has really moved to, well, to well let, let, let's, let's 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 take a minute on that. In this, we have about fifteen minutes. I want you to kind of give a shout out to your, your your family, your your current family lineage in terms of your brothers, and still lift up your your, your father's in terms of his continued ascendancy in in your hierarchy. But just for our secular audience, the word Pentecost. Share a little bit, three minutes about the Pentecost in the Bible and what what happened. I mean, this is not an american invention that's what i'm trying to you say know, it, it's, 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 it's it's not an american invention at all and 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 that's that's a good point so it, the, the scripture uh it's really taken from the book of acts um the the, the backdrop is it is a jewish festival and uh it was celebrated 50 days after passover and so Passover is when the Jews were in Egypt and they left Egypt and they celebrated uh, the Passover of where the death angel passed over the Israelites and all of the firstborn of the Egyptians died, whether it be cattle, beast or human, the firstborn, whatever opened the matrix mm-hmm. died. And mm-hmm. so 50 days from that was called the Feast of Pentecost. And that feast was a time of celebration, a time of uh, letting things go. You know, 50 years, you know, the land would go, no one would crop the land, etc. cetera. Uh, it was that time that God decided he was going to send back the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts, you'll find that this, this phenomenon, this experience, he told his disciples, I want you to go to Jerusalem and I want you to wait there until you receive the power of the spirit. Uh, and so on the day of Pentecost, uh, when that day fully come, there came a sound from heaven and it was as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house where people were sitting and it appeared to them cloven tongues like fire it wasn't fire but it was like fire and it mm-hmm. sat upon them mm-hmm. and then they were filled with the spirit and began to speak with tongues entering and interesting enough in that same passage the individuals thought those people were drunk mm-hmm. and so if you think about it you know mm-hmm. and i'm sure all of us seen people who are drunk they stumber uh you know right. they stagger and so they were drunk uh but Peter says, not like you think. And so even today in the Pentecostal church, sometimes that ecstatic worship, speaking yes. in tongues and ecstatic uh, emotionalism, people think, okay, this is crazy. People are drunk. But that same experience happened the day of Pentecost uh, over 2,000 years ago. And interesting enough, it's not a Black thing either. Um, That's right. That's it, right. It's, it's, it's all over the world. And Taiwan, yeah. China. Uh, mm-hmm. Russia, 
-hmm. it's in uh, Europe, uh, Wales, England, um, all over. Mm -hmm. And, and one of the things, uh, you know, um, you talked about my dad ascending uh, a higher. So my dad, um, he was elected to serve as the presiding prelate of the oldest apostolic Pentecostal group in the world. And mm -hmm. that is called the Pentecostal Assemblies of the World. Mm -hmm. And so we have assemblies all over the world. And he was elected in 2018. And so I assumed the role, my brother and I, uh, Daryl, uh, we assumed the role as co-pastors in 2018. Mm -hmm. uh, and so my brother, Daryl, moved to Waterbury and started a ministry called The Gathering Place mm -hmm. in Waterbury, Connecticut. And so which left me here to be, assume leadership uh, role uh, in 2021. But my dad has assumed the role of presiding prelate and uh, elected to that post again for another four years. And so um, the, the rich history of Pentecostalism uh, in our branch of what we call apostolic, the oneness of uh, Pentecostal, uh, is, is far reaching all mm -hmm. over the world. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, I'm getting involved in a district uh, that's just newly formed the 79th district of the Pentecostals of the world which is in Costa Rica mm. uh, and mm. so uh, my father was interest, instrumental in forming a district in Brazil uh, mm -hmm. which has grown mm -hmm. and they're probably going to be breaking that up into uh, three districts or so uh, in the country of Brazil and so mm -hmm. this, this phenomenon of Pentecost is, is really far-reaching and you know, all over the world. Absolutely. Uh, and, and I'm proud because, again, my dad, uh, who served as a bishop in the Pentecostal church, but his father served as a bishop in the Pentecostal church. Yes. And, uh, and so, and they both served on that board of the Pentecostals of the world. And it's still far-reaching. Um, my my <laughs> brothers and I both are involved in the ministry. Two of us are pastoring. Uh, well, you, you referenced Daryl, and let's not lead, lead Ted. To, yes, Ted, I was going to say to, to, my Ted brother kind of, Ted. He's, he's come along a little later in life, but yeah. I, I met him before he started manifesting his uh, uh, lineage, and even the the secular job that he was involved with then and is involved with now is is keeping people, giving people hope and and, and sustainability and something s substantial for their life as well as future generations. So whether Absolutely. he want he he might have been kind of a little late, kind of. Uh, clearly identifying his lineage but he's been in the in some sort sort of ministry for from the jump as well absolutely absolutely and, and i that's a good point because sometimes i think uh people look at ministry as terms of the pulpit ministry but there's there's a variety of different yeah. ministries uh yeah. you know the ministry of you know as you were talking about my brother ted uh the ministry of financial help you know mm -hmm. uh, getting people out of poverty yes. uh in particular since i'm african-american you know I, you know i'm concerned about our group uh building wealth uh, mm -hmm. and, and I, I know there are a lot of different things that are against us and that prevent us from obtaining wealth uh but there's so many avenues and so many barriers that we have breaking broken and so many areas that we're involved in now that uh we really can aspire to be uh much more than what our parents or our foreparents were yeah um, and we can certainly say the sky truly is the limit uh and, and pastor and so we have about 
Pastor, we have about uh, th three more minutes and just uh, uh, share a little bit again about if people want to uh, participate in this this monthly celebration these particular so if, if anyone would like to we we uh we will be having a centennial banquet uh on saturday the 28th from 12 uh to 3 at cascades uh the tickets are only 60 dollars, so i would encourage you to call the church uh get your name your family involved uh in that and we will also have a concert that sunday mm -hmm. uh, i would just put this plug in um uh, if if anyone sang in the choir, uh, mm -hmm. no matter what choir you sang in, uh, and you would like to, the King's Kids, the Harvest Time, uh, the Echoes of Faith, uh, the Senior Choir, Sanctuary Choir, um, or the Junior Church Choir, whatever mm -hmm. choir you sang in, uh, we're going to yes. have a reunion choir. We invite you to come back and join us. Call the church at 203-787-3393, uh, and we get you some more information. Or visit our website at BeulahHeightsChurch.org, and you can get some information on the website. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Pastor, let's take a take a deep breath. I want to give you the give you the last word and ask you what's what might be be on your mind because as you went through these, you weren't here a hundred years ago, but part of you was here it just you just didn't come out with the birth the birth tube but 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 the 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 brook spirit and when and when you mentioned uh your your uncle walter and that's a whole nother show we need to do but I, I hope people understand the connection between secular and sacred and politics because to to buy to buy something to launch affordable housing you have to work with a variety of believers and non-believers but still keep your your, your eye on the prize. And as you've articulated the, the history of Beulah Heights Church, I people, people hear that theme about how do you sustain and innovate something and, and keep it alive and vibrant. You really have to not only walk the walk, talk the walk, but know various ways to talk to various people and to, and to recruit supporters. There are use the word investors, uh, allies, whatever. The, the, the coalition building, and the community building is so key for anything institution to survive. And as you've articulated, you guys have not only survived, but but thrived. So I want to give you the last uh, 30 seconds or, or last minute on any last words or comments you'd like to share. I, I would just like to, to say this, that, um, again, the, the strong element of the community, uh, because the church is only as strong as the families that are part mm -hmm. of that church. And the community can only benefit based off of the individuals in that church going out and impacting their community. Yes. And so whatever sphere you're in, uh, and, and that's really how the church has survived, is it survived because there were members uh, who were carpenters, there were members mm. who were plumbers, there were members who were electricians, there were members who were uh, bankers, mm -hmm. uh, who were accountants. Uh, and so bringing those gifts, those talents to the church uh, allows the church to thrive and to move forward mm. in the community. Um, partners, you know, because, you know, a carpenter can't be a carpenter by himself. He has to have a partner. And so, mm -hmm. um, and so, you while wow, you're a member of the church but you have relationships outside of the church and you're able to bring those connections to the church which helps the church thrive and so uh, i'll just close with this strong families build strong churches strong churches build and develop and keep strong communities strong communities 
help strong churches mm. become mm. strong and strong churches help families to become strong families. Amen. 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 Reach out to the church, help, help uh, them celebrate, but every day needs to be a celebration and, and a reinvestment every day, every day. So they're available. Pastor Brooks, thank you so much for, for, for joining us and Nora, that's a wrap for today. And, uh, and I'll see you uh, in a few weeks. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Sir. Thank you for having us. I'm never going to give up, give up, fall down. I just got to get up, get up. Yeah. Cause this is my road. Let's get my action. I'm ready to go. I'm never going to give up, give up, fall down. I just got to get up.